0: it's friday august 18th and if you're watching this on the sleepers youtube channel you may be thinking to yourself that's not riley davis in which case you would be correct but it is still a briley friday we've brought on brian ralph from heat check another heat check awesome uh, content maker, writer extraordinaire—everything you want from a college basketball perspective—you can get from Brian. I went on their Heat Check Hangout podcast uh, about a week and a half ago now. Had a great time over so. there, and uh, they're all manacking. Whenever I ask the boys from Heat Check what's going on, they're like, "We're all manacking right now." So, hardest working man in the business, Brian. It's great to have you on the show in place of Riley Davis.
1: Thanks for having me on, and I'm glad you guys finally went with the better looking Heat Check member from the the Raleigh Durham area. About time.
2: Wow. I, I, I need Riley to actually know that. And I want to get my biggest, my biggest heat check endorsement right now is the fact that everyone out there knows I'm not a reader. Okay. I'm a, I'm a roll the ball out there type of guy. One of the things I do read avidly and enjoy are heat check articles and heat check people. So just let that be known. That is the biggest endorsement out there. So if you're not already tapped in, go tap in and, you know, they make the almanac go, by the way. You know, there's there's a lot of people that put you know dabble in the almanac, but it's really the heat check. That's the that's the that's the nightmare fuel shout out to TO. Yeah,
0: there's there's no shortage of ball Nolly, with the heat check boys in general. And Brian is one of the best. In case you are curious about it, though, we didn't cut Riley Davis, we didn't just delete him from the roster because of the private school allegations or because he doesn't like Milwaukee, anything like that. Uh, Although it is nice to get an inflection of facial hair on the show, which Brian clearly serves up well. Uh, Riley has some family stuff going on. That's why he's not here today. And uh, if you've listened to the show in the past, Riley also is about to be a father. So there probably will be more weeks in the coming future where uh, we need to tap into the bullpen. Brian was the first call today. And I would like everyone to know as well, uh, we did offer this up to Tristan Freeman, but Tristan hates us and refuses to come on the show. So I don't know what's going on with that. But Brian was gracious and uh, very excited about the opportunity. So here we are. It's Briley Friday, as I mentioned. As always, we're going to open the show with our 27 comments. Brian has uh, three topics that he's brought that we don't know what they are. Very excited for that. And as we've been plugging all week, we have started a Discord, which is where you can support Sleepers Media and all that we do. And we are also exactly six episodes away from no longer reading every comment on our YouTube channel. So if you want to have your comments continue to be read in six episodes, you need to join the Discord. It's $9.99 a month. The link is in the description and you'll get access to a lot more unique content Including our college football and NFL newsletters, which will be launched in about a week. Cart, when are we doing that? When, when's the first newsletter from you going to hit? The first newsletter, I think we planned on before the thirty. So I guess the thirtieth or the morning of the thirty-first. Okay. I
2: think I think that I, I think that's when the first set of games. Or I think there's a couple maybe action games, but something to get action on. So I think that that's the date.
0: Brian's written up 47 different team previews for the Almanac and we're figuring out when we can put out one five paragraph newsletter. <laughs> this is the difference here at sleepers media. Uh, let's start with our comments from the discord. Cause I want to start doing those first to prioritize them a little bit. We put the episode up yesterday and the first comment was Carter himself saying Gordon Hayward looks like he bites in that photo. Would you like to elaborate on that?
2: I mean, you saw the thumbnail. If, if you look at, if you go look up, Gordon Hayward at Baylor, it looks like he bites people if you're not careful.
0: Okay. I just wasn't sure if it was like an actual, that you're talking, he bites or like that's metaphorical that he bites, you know?
2: No. Like I'm literally like, I wouldn't turn my back on Butler Gordon Hayward because he might bite you.
0: Okay, speaking of bites, uh, you asked people for their five favorite chips, and then we got some very diverse answers in the Discord. Is there anyone that you would like to call out that stood out to you, Carter, from the chip conversation uh, yesterday? Not not personally in
2: general. Um, I think it should be a wide-known fact, though, that the best chip of all time is sour cream and cheddar ruffles. Like, that's that's the best. See, Ralph knows. That's the best chip of all time. if That's not in your top
1: five. Well, you guys are the best?
2: Yeah, if you, if it's not in your top five, you need to reevaluate things. If it's not number one, I do have some questions as well, but I need some, I need an explanation.
0: What's your favorite chip, Brian? Is that your favorite chip? Yes. Wow,
1: Ruffles cheddar sour cream. Oh, so good. See, I'm, the I'm only not, reason people don't like them is because they haven't had them.
0: It's just, the sour cream crushes me. I think I texted Cart this on the Fourth of July. I said it should be illegal for sour cream chips to just be out in a public setting without signage because you can't reach into a bowl thinking it's an original chip and then all of a sudden get hit with a a flavor blast of sour cream. That's brutal.
2: I mean, you can't look at a chip and tell that it's a sour cream and onion chip.
0: Again, that says more about me than it does about the (laughs) chips. But uh, Oh, well. Okay. Uh, Also, question for you chip connoisseurs. Is a Cheeto a chip? Like, where are we drawing the line at chip? Yeah, Yeah, Cheeto's a chip. Okay, so any, like, flavored handheld bite-sized snack is a chip pretty much?
2: Uh, I don't put, like, cheeses its in the chip category. That's, like, a cracker.
1: Yeah, I would say anything you can get from a counter at, like, Jersey Mike's or Subway where it's, like, you get a sub and and chips. That's okay. like if it's that. included on that little wire rack on the side of the store, then it's a chip.
0: I like that. Okay, there's been much made about my... uh plain white taste lately carter do you want to guess what my favorite chip is
2: um is it literally just plain no is it bugles
1: baked lays
2: just plain (laughs) baked lays
1: baked lays Lay's are good though baked lays (laughs) are significantly better than regular lays incredible they go along with everything
0: (laughs) they're really really good let's move on uh ulamog the legend is in the Discord, and uh, he said, I'm back on my Riley hater train. I haven't seen him in the Discord unless he's using a burner. Riley, if you're one of those poors, let me know. I'll sponsor you. Uh, given the context of Riley not being on the episode today, I feel like we can't go too harsh here, but also, Carter, you are known to say uh, the word poor when people don't want to join the Discord. <laughs>
2: Listen, I know for a fact that Riley's a man of many subscriptions and he doesn't pay attention to his subscriptions. Like he, he definitely has the family card with his wife that's racking up with subscriptions that they don't care about. And Discord should be added to that very soon. And I expect it to be, but we'll we'll let him rock for another week or two.
0: We uh I think just to give a Discord update, we have fifty-five members listed, and I believe we're up to twenty actual paid. So that the percentage, the conversion rate is getting a little better. If we can get all 55 of those paid, we're going to be really rocking. And we have gotten some texts on the side from a few, uh, I I would call like actual college basketball minds, like people that play a role in the college basketball world. It would be pretty fun to get those people involved in the community because I feel like it would be less of us just like making jokes at each other and more like. Oh, there's some newsbreakers here. There's some people who know some ball in this chat. We're, we're, we're inching up to 50%. My freshman year free throw percentage. I like that. It's impressive. And final comment I want to read from the Discord today. Uh, Keith Johnson is in here. He wanted to talk about our Michigan State discussion with Xavier Booker and Cohen Carr yesterday. He says, Greg's Cohen Carr take is spot on. Carr and the rest of our fan base is way over their skis on Cohen Carr. He's not going to get 20 minutes a night unless he can play elite defense and rebound. The expectation needs to be Pierre Brooks-type minutes with some insane highlight reels. Carr, what do you think of that?
2: That's so disrespectful to Cohen Carr. These Pierre Brooks-type minutes? I, I, I just think that physically athletically he will be able to produce just based just based off that so that kind of puts him above the Pierre Brooks kind of mold and yeah I've mentioned before I think that Xavier Booker is not being talked about enough I mean we've mentioned that many times that I don't like how he's kind of put as like this afterthought when he's damn near the prize recruit of the class Um, I just think it's more so fans trying to temper their expectations with themselves more, like just tell themselves, like, don't expect anything and see what happens with Xavier Booker. Uh, But no, I think that the impact that Colin Carr can have because of his body type and athleticism will be felt a lot more than Pierre Brooks based on his body type and athleticism. Um, Also, I look forward to adding the phrase way over, way over your skis. That's a new one. I've never heard
0: that. That's in the regular rotation for me. I'm not going to lie. Also, never forget that Pierre Brooks started about five games for Michigan State in the non-conference slate last year. Uh, Brian, what do the words Cohen Carr mean to you?
1: Excitement. More or less, I I think the buzz about him. Obviously, the the highlights are a big part of it. But um, Michigan State hasn't had a guy – with that kind of explosiveness really since miles bridges and that's an asset right there. He's probably, he might only get spot minutes, but I think he's going to have a bigger impact than I think that comment would suggest. I don't think he's going to be their superstar or their best player. Um, I mean, that might be a great thing if he is, uh, but I would, I would expect him to have a pretty solid contributing role and, and see a decent amount of minutes.
0: Yeah. I think bottom line is Michigan State has two guys who are now what I would consider elite lob catchers that they didn't have last year. And that's probably the biggest thing A.J. Hogard kind of needs. He's been throwing lobs to Mati Sissoko, who has bricks for hands, and he's had Joey Hauser as his running mate for three years. I mean, we love Joey Hauser on the show, but uh, not exactly a high flyer. Okay, let's move over to the YouTube chat. Thank you to the Discord. As always, some really good discussion over on the Discord. In fact, Cart, we did... uh, We leaked some news in the Discord late last night. People were asking for the news we've been alluding to, and the people on the Discord got a sneak peek of some potential excitement in the sleepers world. So uh, that is another little perk you will get. We'll keep you in the loop on things that are going on behind the scenes with us. Again, join the discord. We are six episodes away from cutting off reading every single YouTube comment, every single episode for now, though, let's go to the YouTube comments. 27 of them today. We'll try to be pretty quick here. Trevor Sally says, will you guys make a prediction sheet of who will win the Big Ten regular season ranked teams from top to bottom? Whoever's closer to correct at the end of the season gets a steak dinner bought by the other one. I like this idea, but I don't want a steak dinner from cart.
2: I don't also, I'm not a steak guy either.
0: Yeah. Not a, not a red meat guy. I feel like Brian is a big red meat guy though.
1: My gut shows it too.
0: <laughs> what,
2: oh, Brian, why do I feel like if I went back like seven years ago on your Facebook, there's just an upload of just a steak. No, like, I'm,
1: like not, a really I'm not. Steak. Just a,
2: just a picture, a random Facebook picture of no. a really good steak you had
1: i i am not one of those food eat first kind of people i am not active on instagram i have one because my wife made me have one um i'm not i am not that guy i you will probably see tweets of me talking about how good a steak was but i i am not one to take pictures of my food
0: understood i don't hate that idea from trevor but i think we need a better uh a better reward At the end, then just state dinner. We'll keep thinking on it. T will one five four says best podcast out. Another question for the show. Kenny Payne replacements out of these five. Who would you hire and why? If you are the Louisville AD Nate Oates, Eric Musselman, Jerome Tang, Dusty May, Chris Collins, Brian, I want to throw to you first. I don't think all five of those are realistic targets or realistic gets, but I, I could see one to two of them being that who would you hire out of those five?
1: In an ideal world, I think I'd take Dusty May. Um, Just looking at also kind of the the runway left in his career, um, I think he's got more time left. And from a realistic standpoint, you're going to have to pay a lot, a lot to get guys like Nate Oates and and Eric Musselman and that caliber of established coach away. Dusty May is going to cost a pretty penny too. Louisville has money. That should not be an issue. But I think he's more, more attainable more likely to leave and i think could be just as good of a coach as them i mean he it's been one year for him so far but he's also gone further than either of either of them have at their current schools um and he's he's built a roster there's there's continuity there it's more of a program building than somebody who you expect to come in and um try and be a flash in the pan there is some thought about him holding out for indiana but if I'm Louisville and I have a shot at him, I, I take it. Carl,
0: what would your answer be quickly on that? Um,
2: the the one thing I will, will say is I think that for me, it would be Jerome Tang would be the guy that I will go for. I don't know if he would actually make that move, but I agree with Brian. I, I just don't think they'll have enough pull to get those big guys there. Um, but the funniest part about this to me is that literally – you know like those tweets, G, where it's like zero days without violence or zero days without – since something happened – since Kenny Payne has taken the job, he's probably gone six days, maybe without like the threat of actually losing his job. Like every day with him since he stepped on campus has been who the next guy is gonna be, which is just crazy. Like it's it, I mean, it's some of it's earned because of what's happening, but I mean, wow, the dude's not getting a chance.
0: He's not doing much to fight it off, would just be no, not he's not. back. Yeah. But you're you're right. Um, I if those five were actually the five. I think I would want to hire Muss. <laughs> that might be crazy to say, but like, I just, I feel like Muss every single year is just like, they're going to make sweet 16s and have shots at going further. And the team's always sick and they win in the transfer portal every single season. Um, yeah. I, But of the realistic ones, I think it's Tang or Dusty May. Tang I, doesn't feel like a Louisville coach to me. Like that would probably be my preference between the two, but for some reason I just don't see him there. Dusty May, I could see there. I'm a little skeptical of dusty may still um obviously florida atlantic's really good but like guys coach five years he's never won 20 games in a season before last year and if i were dusty may i think i would leave as quickly as i could i get they're going to be good and everybody comes back again but god forbid they underwhelm this year i think some of those offers for dusty may might not be on the table 12 months from now
2: yeah so pretty pretty big year for them he could really springboard himself if he has enough if he like you know, like you just said, uh, doubles down on what happened last year.
0: Yeah, but a lot of downside, I'm just saying. Uh, okay, moving on. Jared Golf 16, says, did y'all see the top 10 list of schools who would win a men's basketball national championship in 23-24? Schools such as Arizona, Houston, and Miami were on the list. Thoughts? Uh, I think I saw just like a graphic. I don't remember who made it. It might have been like one of the CBK report type things, and it was totally random, and it was just, these 10 schools can win, and it was... 10 of the best programs in the country. So I didn't put too much thought into it. Uh, did either one of you see this list or have any thoughts on the list?
1: I think I saw it scrolling, but I don't remember who was really on the list. Um, I don't know if there's 10 that can actually win. And no. I, I, and I don't think a lot of those schools are, I think I I do an article before every season listing the teams that I think have the capability, if everything goes right to win, um, and typically that list is around five to eight teams. And I think anything more than that, you're you're kind of stretching.
2: Okay. Yeah, I, I did scroll past and see the list just because I was like the, the better in me came out. I was like, hmm, where's some where's some value that I could bet on like a team was in like that eighth range? Um I think the worst value honestly is Duke. I still believe that. Like I just think there's so many things that gotta go right with Duke, and there is, there's talent, but like flip isn't even practicing and for you guys you obviously know when players have hip injuries that's 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 not something that you just bounce back from automatically like I'm hoping he does and I bet he does because I think he got surgery quick enough and had enough time to recover but like a hip injury is no like sprained ankle or anything like that you gotta get yourself back and it's gonna take some time to get back so I was surprised to see that um, or Greg was probably surprised about this too. Purdue was behind MSU. I know that probably eats at you in the middle of the night, but
0: yeah. Was it in order? I thought it was just these 10 could win. I didn't realize it was like. Oh, I thought,
2: I, the one I saw, it was in order. Oh,
0: then. Yeah, I don't think that's when I saw, but yeah, I would lose sleep if people are ranking Michigan State ahead of Purdue right now. That's fair. That I like Brian's point though. I don't think there's 10. I think that's interesting because last year by the end of the year, it was like, there's, 32 teams to get a national championship. Hopefully this year it consolidates a little bit and the cooked product becomes uh, an uncooked product. Fam says audibly LMAO at cart saying MSU was overrated of the two options. That's just King Petty living up to his rep.
2: I mean, it, it, it is because you knew for a fact that I would have to say if there's two big 10 teams in the, in the top 25, I would have to say MSU.
0: Yeah, that was a nice moment from you. Ulamog uh, went through and clipped the segments again. Shout out to Ulamog. And then Marcus DET underneath Ulamog's listing says, thanks. I couldn't care less about the comments portion. I'm sorry you feel that way, Marcus, but uh, thank you for making a highlight in our comments portion today. Steven Pearsall says, does Michigan state have any cause for concern in keeping their players happy in the same way that you discuss Illinois, specifically at the point guard and center positions? Are you worried about keeping dudes happy this year card?
2: Uh, Not the center position. I don't care about any of those guys' happiness. Um, At the guard
1: position though, though, I I do uh, have that thought in my
2: head. Obviously, You know, we're not going to harp on it like we did last year, but there was rumblings that Jay Nakins might not be as happy with his role because he doesn't get the ball as much with kind of in the three-guard lineup. He was, you know, the third guard in that lineup in the pecking order kind of. Um, But, you know, hopefully there is discussions with guys like Jeremy Fears that, like, we're going to get you your minutes where we can this year, but this is your team in the future. And, like, hopefully in this day and age, obviously that might not be enough to keep guys – But it's definitely something in the back of my mind that I would keep an eye on because I think Jeremy Fears is a really good talent. And there's a lot of schools, good schools, that I think he could start for and play a lot for. It's just with the depth of this Michigan State team and the guys we got back, it's going to be tough to find him major minutes.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that, uh, you know, fast forward 12 months from now, they will promise Jeremy Fears that it's his team. He'll be very excited about it. And then A.J. Hogard will return for his fifth year. And Jay Nakins will return for his fourth year. And uh, we'll repeat this process where everyone is really happy to split minutes in the Michigan State backcourt. Because who doesn't want to split minutes for Tom Izzo teams that keep losing 13 games a season? Got to respect it, Cart. Let's move on. Uh, Isaac Steer says, why are we saying Indiana aren't playing modern position basketball while also saying Mbako has to play the four to succeed? Isn't that? counterintuitive like if Mbaka was playing the four that would be modern basketball we don't think it's modern basketball because he's playing the three because
1: he's a power forward in our minds right Brian yes yes I I can't wait to see Indiana this year because either things are gonna go fine I, I don't know if I don't think I don't think things are gonna go great I think things are gonna go fine and they'll be okay or there'll be a complete and total dumpster fire and it's going to be fun to, to watch either way, largely because it's so, I, I don't know how all these pieces fit on paper with the way Mike Woodson looks at basketball.
0: Who's the best big from those three? If we're calling them big Baco, Kella, Ware, and Malik Renault pick one. I want both of your answers
1: to this. Who should be the best or who actually is the best? Who is the best?
0: I bet we have three know. different answers to this question. Probably well. Renault point. Okay, you're going Renault. Cart. Yeah. Who are you going?
2: I'm going. I'm going Renault
0: too. Oh yeah. damn. I'm going Khaled. Where? I thought you would pick Mbako. Cart. That's a misread on me. But I,
2: I, I thought about it. I thought about. It. I mean, we talked about it the other day. I'm high on Mbako. I really am. And that that comment kind of throws me off a little bit. I feel like the modern way would be Mbako at the four, and then yeah. one of those two guys at the five. And I don't think Indiana fans realize low-key how in I would be on Indiana if that was how it worked. Like, I would yeah. I would love that. And I don't know who would be at the three, whether they got a three or something like that in the portal, but, like, I'm in on that team. I just – and Baco's not going to be able to show his game. Like, I think he should be able to play in the three.
0: Yeah, it's one of those weird things where, like, objectively good that Indiana got all three of those guys on this roster because they're all good players with promise – but objectively bad that they all need to play together in the theoretical best five person lineup. Fam says question for my boy bluffs, AKA big breezy, AKA Riley Davis. I know Greg and cart have ties to MSU players and that program also have high passion for the game. Is your background similar from your time in chapel Hill or what makes you so passionate covering the sport? Brian, would you like to answer this question either for yourself or for Riley either way?
1: Yeah, I I'll answer Riley. Um, No, I, I mean, going to Chapel Hill, I assume, um, but I, I grew up here in in Raleigh, and there isn't really anything else here. <laughs> like we're I, we're right smack in the middle of Duke and UNC and NC State. Um, when you're in school, they roll TVs into the classroom when it's the ACC tournament. They roll TVs in the classroom when it's the ante tournament. Like things mattered here in a way that I assume they mattered everywhere else. And then I went to college at South Carolina, and um, basketball was like a two-month bridge between football and baseball. And it really kind of blew my mind. <laughs> um, so just growing up here, basketball is ingrained in in everything that is done around here. Um, and I love it.
2: Brian, you're really aging us with the they roll TVs in. They did comment. Uh, I obviously I know what that is, but there's definitely someone watching this talking about why would they roll a TV and aren't there TVs in the classroom? Like, is there there
1: a big fat TV strapped onto a little cart and they roll they literally would roll it into the gym so we would like have it against the wall while we were like having gym class. That's special.
0: That is special. Uh thank you to fam for the question. Next time that Bluffs is back on the show, we'll be sort sure of be sure to circle back. Aiden Tree says the last successful freshman big as skinny as Booker is Jaron Jackson. Question mark. JJJ's high school 247 profile had him at 225 and Booker is at 205. That puts Booker closer to Cormac's weight than Jaron's. Is that comment scary at all, Cart?
2: I mean Booker's skinny as hell. I mean it is. I I think we're just trying to think of the last Michigan State fresh. I mean Jaron was skinny. He was, and I don't even know if Jaron was two twenty five. I would I would question that shit. I might even question that Xavier Booker it was two hundred five. To be honest with you, um, I was just going more so off eye test. Jaron was a skinnier freshman for sure. I, I think that's fair to say. But you know, the comment the the twenty four seven profile says what it says. But I'm just going on what I saw in my eyes. That was a skinny, he was a skinny freshman.
0: We've talked about it too, but the Big Ten, other than Edie, who is the best player in the country, that's tough. And Purdue is MSU's biggest competition for banners. I get it. Outside of Edie, there are not nearly as many low post threats this year than there have been the last six years in the Big Ten. So I think you can get away playing a 205-pound center in a way that you probably couldn't have the last few years when there was a Luca Garza or a Kofi Coburn or a Hunter Dickinson patrolling the paint. Now it's just Zach Eady and not much else. Clayton says, so do you think Dickie V is right? Only two ranked Big Ten teams in the top 25. Let's go outside of the Big Ten to our non-Big Ten guy, Brian, for his answer on this question. Should there be more Big Ten teams ranked in the top 25?
1: No. I don't think so. I, more will find their way in. And I think more will prove their way in. I think Purdue and Michigan state are the only two that will consistently stay in throughout the season. Um, so you could go, you could go through the list and I think each team has obviously the potential to, uh, but right now, which is some of the question marks, I'm, I feel comfortable and solid and um, have a strong belief in just two. cart. You're making faces.
2: I want to ask a counter question to this. Uh, it's end of the season, top twenty-five. Who has more teams in the top twenty-five, the Big Ten or the SEC?
1: Probably the Big Ten because late February is the time when the Big Ten is the greatest thing in the world, and then two weeks later, it's not.
2: Oh, I didn't ask, didn't ask about two <laughs> weeks later. All right, there you go. There you go adding things. Just just want to know.
1: Yeah, that hurts. It's so
0: accurate. It stings. Uh, it I, I'm going to give my quick answer. I think there should be three in the top 25, and I'm officially going to put my cape on. I've danced around it for a week and a half now, Carl. I'm ready to do it. Maryland's a top 25 team. I'm not making the argument for anybody else. I'm not making the argument for Illinois, blah, 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 whoever. This Maryland team's sick. They have a really good backcourt. Jameer Young is going to be awesome. Deshaun Harris Smith might be a one and done. He's going to be the freshman of the year in this conference. Jamie Kaiser looks incredible in their overseas stuff. And they bring their front court back. Again, a front court that had two guys that average double digits and is really solid and are now two big veteran guys. So I uh I don't get why people are not acting like they're a good team. Like I think they performed like a good team last year. They made the round of 32. They were a fringe top 25 team all season long. They brought everybody but Hakeem Hart back and added significantly more freshman talent. That's a top 25 team on paper.
2: Who's their coach?
0: I almost said Mark Turgeon. I missed Turge. (laughs) It's Kevin (laughs) Willard. It's Kevin Uh, Willard. Hey, Kevin Willard drinks 11 cups of coffee a day. I know that from uh, After Dark last year. So I'm in on that. Steve Dunn says, "F it Friday. Why is college basketball officiating worse than John ja Morant's decision making? Officiating's hard.
2: It's not that hard. They just <laughs> need to do their job. It's not that. It really isn't that hard. It's not. They just want to make it all about them. I
0: hate stripes. You hate stripes, Brian. What What are your thoughts?
1: <laughs> um, I don't think it is. I think that's underselling John ja Morant's decision making. Um, and it's it's bad." College basketball officiating is bad, but you watch some other sports and it's significantly worse than some other sports. Um, I think it's just an officiating problem across the board in sports because it's no fun to be an official.
0: No. Can confirm from when I was refing fourth grade intramural girls basketball a couple summers ago. Not fun. Moving on. Blake Brockman, my question for you all is about Big Ten talent. Who, in your opinion, has the most NBA talent in the Big Ten? cart any thoughts
2: Mm, most mba talent in the big 10 uh
0: (laughs) nobody (laughs) like yeah
2: uh i mean it'd probably be either michigan state
0: or um indiana probably i think it's indiana where's where's gonna get drafted Mbako's going to get drafted. I don't think you can go through Michigan State and guarantee there's two guys that will get drafted.
2: Are we? Do you think we can guarantee Mbako's? Uh, yeah, we can probably guarantee he's drafted, but I, you could probably guarantee that Xavier Booker will be drafted just because of where he was in high school. Someone will draft him mm-hmm. within the first 60 picks for sure.
0: But he's the only one. That's why I give the the edge to him. Like, are we calling Jay Nakin's draft pick? Are we calling AJ um, Hugard a to draft? See, this is why I didn't playing. want to mention
2: MSU because you go right to those guys, and like we don't have other guys that could play in the NBA. But I'll you're lie. right. I mean, like, no matter coach. no matter what happens, there's going to be a team that's going to draft uh, where, and there's going to be a team that drafts in Baco No matter what they do, just based off of pure potential, someone will pick them at 52.
0: Well, if to. I'm not trying to be harsh, but who's the second? Like are, Cohen Carr has to be the second guy on paper. Jeremy well, Fears is like Jeremy Fears is like six feet tall. Is he? Isn't he? <laughs> like he I don't he, he projects as like a four year star, not a one and done NBA guy. Never say one
2: and done, but he he definitely had a four year guy.
0: It's gonna take him three years just to get the ball in his hands, given how many guards keep coming back from Michigan State. So I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying it's Indiana. Kristen Freeman. The man who refuses to come on the show so rudely says none of my business at all. But how is the guy who sleepers has got hashtag Riley Fridays isn't part of discord. Freeman Fridays has a better ring to it. I don't get why he's trolling when he refuses to come on the show. Um, But yeah, Riley Riley clearly needs to join the discord. We've made that clear. Snap on 29 says the funniest part about this whole video is Greg Waddell constantly continuing to contradict himself. He gave Illinois a D grade for not getting Ray J. Dennis and then says that he doesn't love Ray J Dennis. Wow. Dot, dot, dot. Just wow. Cart, can I have your permission to have 45 seconds? Yeah,
2: but before you do, can I can I make it known that he put this comment on the same exact comment, copy and pasted it onto another video mm-hmm. from yesterday. So like he really wanted to make this one known. So mm-hmm. please take take your time.
0: Thank you. First of all, there's a couple people fighting my battles for me in the comments to Snap On. I appreciate that. Uh, second of all, I did see he left it on about three different videos. Shout out to Snap On 29. Appreciate your intense care for this question. Here's the truth. I've said it before. I will say it again. Illinois gets a D grade because they did not do what they tried to do. That doesn't mean I liked what they were trying to do. I was clear at the time. Ray J. Dennis is not. A great point guard for what Illinois needed he's still an upgrade over no one which is what Illinois ended up with because they spent all their offseason saying we need a point guard waiting for Tiger Campbell to hit the portal then going all in on Ray J Dennis just to lose him to Scott Drew when you try to do something and you fail that's when I kill your offseason did the same with Michigan I did the same with plenty of other teams in the country that failed at whatever their number one objective was. I didn't agree with the objective, but it was their objective, and they failed. I've always said I don't love Ray J. Dennis, which is why I'm not high on Baylor. If Ray J. Dennis is your best player, I think your team is in trouble. It all makes sense, Snap-on. It's not hypocritical, but uh, your listening comprehension skills might need a little work, my friend. Appreciate the comment. Let's move on. That boy from Illinois says, Sleepers only fans when? Never. You're not going to sell your feet picks?
2: Oh, I already do sell feet picks, but I'm not doing all the
0: fans. I, we got to just fly by this. Lucas F. says, Greg, you're a cutie, but you look like Peter Pan in that shirt. Thank you so much, <laughs> Lucas. <Luke. laughs> uh, and final comment of the day, Michael Skipkowski says, that's because he went to Indiana and you guys are hating on him now. That's because you guys hate Indiana. That's, got, that's about Mbako, right?
2: I think so. I can't get over the Peter Pan comment. It's so on par, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it was a good one. We don't hate anybody, though. Can we just, can we, like, say that forever and have people actually appreciate it? We don't hate anybody.
2: Well, I I don't hate any college basketball teams. There's definitely a a list of people I hate. I don't think any of those people are in college basketball anymore. He used to be Bo Borowski, but he retired. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, outside of basketball, I don't, you know, there's no one in college basketball I hate.
0: Can I, a I get a few quick hits from you on who is on your hate list?
2: Uh, Eric Ebron is on there. He's number one. Um, Trump's on there. A couple other people. I don't want to get political about it, but yeah.
0: I don't want to get political, but just massively political. Could, well, because I
2: made a January 6th joke on one of our first episodes, and there was very mean comments in my DMs.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why don't we wrap up the comments for today right there? Appreciate the comment section. Reminder, six days from now, we're cutting this off. You can still comment on the YouTube, and we encourage that, but we won't be reading them all. We will be reading all the comments from the Discord. You can join the Discord at the link in this description. Brian Ralph, it is officially your show. Three topics. We don't know what these are. I'm handing you the ball. We're getting out of the way, my friend. Take us wherever you want to take us
1: we're going to start with one of my favorite things to do every season. And it's almost a call your shot thing where you try and find a team who people aren't as high on and be high on them. Um, I'll, I'll point to my San Diego state pick last year that I tried to convince everybody to get on board with. And uh, I, I still think I was trying to get- you two while we were watching them play the national championship game but anyway um so i want to know a team that is not getting a lot of love in the preseason that you are probably irrationally high on or a team that is getting a lot of love that you do not understand why they are getting as much love as they are i will start with tcu for me i don't think there's gonna be much of a drop-off with them this year I know they lose Mike Miles and A. Lampkin, guys who were the faces for that program, doing things that program has not done in a very, very long time. But the way they play, playing as a tempo, as, as they try to offensively getting out on the break, the defense that they play fits to the guys they brought in in the portal. Avery Anderson from Oklahoma State and Jameer Nelson Jr. from Delaware are both guys that thrive creating their own shot, getting it on transition, using their athleticism. I don't think there's going to be a drop-off in the backcourt, even if you lose a guy as talented as as Miles is. They've struggled shooting the ball. That's still probably going to be an issue for them. Trivion Tennyson, coming in from Corpus Christi, this is one of the perks of doing the Almanac, is a knockdown shooter. Like, is somebody who is going to help significantly in that role. I don't think that TCU is a team that's going to make a Final Four run or anything like that. But I also expect them to be a consistent top 25, top 20 team that has second weekend potential.
0: Mm-hmm. like that call like out. Like All right, you go, G, first, you go here. first. You want me to go first? I want, I want you to go first.
2: Okay. I think a team that I'm higher on, um, and I, I'm pretty sure they're going to be ranked top 25 to start the season, but I just don't think they're being talked about enough. And I'm actually going to stay in the big 12 with this pick. And it's Texas for me. Um, I mean, I love the backcourt combination of Hunter and Ace-mas. Uh, As Greg mentioned the other day, I like that, you know, that tandem way more than Carr and, uh, and Hunter. So, obviously, they add him. He's the big fish. Um, as far as where I stand, I'm on the Caden Shedrick, like, bandwagon. I know a couple people haven't got there completely yet. And, look, I understand how things went at Virginia, and it didn't go extremely well. He wasn't playing much. And it's a stretch, I think, to assume that with more minutes and more time, he'll do the same thing. He'll he'll do better at Texas. But there is a world where, you know, Tony Bennett could be right. There's
1: a reason why Caden Cheddar wasn't on the floor. But I am of, you know, the uh,
2: the mind that he won't do that. and He'll play a lot better at Texas. And then, you know, them getting Dylan Mitchell back. I expect Dylan Mitchell to have a really, really good sophomore year. He has all the physical tools, obviously, all the tools athletically. And, you know, from everything I've heard from people who've actually like been around that program and in that program, he's just, like an extremely hard worker. So I bank on like his game developing as far as him being a better jump shooter and things like that. But I just think he'll have a higher usage and ability to show his talents. So I really like this, this Texas team. I think they're going to be really good this year. And, you know, I I might be one of the few that believe in Rodney Terry as, the, you know, the one that can do the job for Texas.
0: Uh, I like your Dylan Mitchell call out just for the record, I think if we were doing this, but for players instead of teams, Dylan Mitchell might be one a on my list. Like I I feel like people aren't talking about him just because of what the raw production was last year, but, um, freshman to sophomore, like prestigious sophomores that come back, I think are maybe the most valuable thing in the sport of college basketball these days, other than like a 25 year old dude who's just too good for college, but not good enough for the NBA. But, um, for that reason, My pick is a team that is going to be built entirely off of guys that are going to make the freshman to sophomore jump. And I'm sticking in Big Ten land. I'm going with the Ohio State Buckeyes. This team is not being talked about anywhere, as far as I know. I don't think anyone's giving them consideration as a top 25 group. That's probably fair based on how bad last season was. Uh, This team, to me, is going to be significantly better at every single position, primarily the big three sophomores that are back. Bruce Thornton, I think is an all big 10 point guard this year for the last eight games of last season. We saw it in person at the big 10 tournament. He was playing like the best guard in the big 10. Like he, he figured it out and he was scoring at will getting to the rim, hitting some mid range stuff. Uh, I buy him as like a 14, 15, a game guy this year, Roddy Gale had a game where he just went for like 30 in the big (laughs) 10 tournament. I don't know if that looks like, like a more consistent every game thing, But I like his talent level, and I think he's ready for a bigger role than he played last year. And Akpara, there's a big group of sophomore bigs in the Big Ten, and Akpara to me is the one I trust the most. Like I like him more than Malik Reneau. I like him more than Terrace Reed. I think he projects as a really great shot blocker who's not a guy you need to center your offense around but can catch lobs, can finish. Um, And no offense to Zed Key, but the more Felix Akpara takes his role, the more I'm buying this Ohio State team. So you mix in the 11th best recruiting class in the country, which I think is low for this class. Scotty Middleton's a one and done to me. Tyson Chapman is like prestigious guy, kind of stagnated in the rankings a little bit. But between those two, with the way Holtman's freshmen typically look, you can bank on at least one of those two being like, a 14, 15, a game scorer on the wing. Devin Royals, another guy I think can play. And no one's talking about Jamison Battle, except for you, Cart. You talked about him yesterday, but Jamison Battle was an all Big Ten guy 12 months ago. Minnesota was Minnesota. Everybody forgot about him. And now all of a sudden he's at Ohio State, where if you put him on last year's team, I think he's probably their second best player behind Sensabaugh and you know how I feel about sensible cart. I think there's a pretty big addition by subtraction of just getting a player that lazy and that selfish out of the locker room. Let's. So I'm I'm buying the Buckeyes in a big way. Brian, I want to flip it back to you. Which one of our mm-hmm. two picks do you like more?
1: I like the Ohio State pick because I think they're going to go back to being respectable. Like I think last year was certainly a blip on the radar in that sense. But I think Texas will be better. This year, um, I still have questions about Rodney Terry long term, but he put together a roster that I like and is, certainly has more talented pieces, more experienced pieces. We kind of talked about with Indiana earlier. I think there's a real chance that Texas goes up in flames this year. But I also think there's a real chance they compete for the Big 12. Like The, the ceiling is there uh, and there's just so many unknowns with them. It's going to be interesting, but the, they have the talent to do anything they want to do.
0: Yeah,
2: it that's such a fun backcourt. Score backward. one for me, Greg. Suck it.
1: All right. Long
0: show. Let's move on to the next topic. What do we got?
1: Next topic. Conference realignment. alignment. Been everywhere. It's all football driven and it all sucks. However, <laughs> what is one team on the basketball court that is going to be the most successful in their new league? The quickest it can be USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington in the big 10 it can be one of the big 12's new teams this year whether houston does well in the big 12 you think they're going to struggle ucf byu cincinnati going to the big 12 um texas and oklahoma making the move to the sec i know some of these are happening at a different time, but we're going to lump it all into one which of these programs that has made big moves do you think will be the most successful the quickest in their new league why am I kind
0: of tempted to take one of the four leftover pack forty? <laughs> like whoever, somebody can dominate that. little pod, yeah. right. I don't know who it is. Um, no. Let's well, think too. But
1: like, where where does Oregon State finish in the Mountain West? Like, are they a middle of the road Mountain West team? Right? Like those four yeah. that are left don't have like great <sighs> basketball teams.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Um, so I, my initial reaction to this was going to be one of the two west coast or i guess one of the four west coast quote-unquote big 10 schools like to me you drop ucla and what they are as a basketball program into the big 10 they probably are great like they're probably the best program in the big 10 pretty clearly pretty quickly um i think we saw this a little bit too in big 10 play like i think this goes for every conference but especially the big 10 There is such a style of play that every team in the league has adopted and gotten used to and tried to counteract with each other that has set them up for failure in March and has opened the door for when new teams and new coaches come into the league. There's an opportunity for new coaches just because they are different to almost overachieve and fight against the grain. We saw that with Kevin Willard last year. Like Maryland was better than they should have been in the big 10 last season, in my opinion, just because Kevin Willard was throwing new stuff at all these big 10 coaches who weren't prepared for it and had never seen it before. Um, I feel like UCLA and all the schools from the West coast could get a bump there, but I think UCLA should be pretty sustainable with that said. I think my answer is Texas in the SEC. I think when Texas gets to the SEC, there's an opportunity for them to do something they haven't been able to do in the Big 12 just because Kansas is there every year. Like, there is no Kansas in the SEC. No offense to Alabama or to Bruce Pearl or Rick Barnes. Like, But this that's wide open, door wide open. And to me, Texas probably recruits better as a basketball program than any of the SEC schools. Uh, Must aside, but who knows how long Must will be Arkansas's coach? So give me Texas. A lot of Texas on this show in answers to Brian, but I'm buying the Longhorns in the SEC.
2: Mm. I really like that pick, by the way, G. Just so you know. Um, I, so when I thought about this, I, I originally kind of kind of came from the same mindset as you. I was like, UCLA could be that team where I take I take Shrews for example with Penn State. Not necessarily; they're not as talented as um, a UCLA team would be, but Shrews kind of brought in a new style of basketball that Big Ten teams weren't used to, and it actually caught them off guard, and they were able to be successful, and that's literally how they won games because, yes, they did have talent, I guess, you know, if you want to go with the guys like Jalen Pickett, who was obviously extremely talented, but Seth Lundy, but, like, he was rolling out that lineup with guys like Funk and, like, getting it done and having Big Ten teams on their toes, but I think i will go with Houston, in this, in this regard, just because it's just me buying Houston's culture and Samson. Like, I think that Samson, Houston, you know, Greg, you know, I can't go too long without talking about Houston and Samson, but I feel like that team could go anywhere and win a basketball game. That's just how I feel about it. And I feel like their style of basketball, it, it fits in the big 12 to me. I think they'll be able to battle in that conference. They'll be able to recruit, you know, in that area, obviously, and go against anybody, so I, I think I bet my money on Houston being, you know, a, a pretty successful in that matter. And that just goes along with kind of my mantra of how I approach college basketball. Like if there's a time, if there's an opportunity to bet on Houston or to put my eggs in a Houston basket or a Kelvin Sampson basket, I'm going to do it. It's, it's, it's a safe bet
0: if we could lock in that those coaches are all still coaching five years from now, like if we have Scott drew bill self, Calvin Sampson, and I'll even throw Jerome Tang in there. If those four guys all were locked in at their school, four years from now, the next four years are going to be such a gauntlet, man. <laughs> like That's mm-hmm. an absurd amount of just talented programs and coaches.
1: I'm interested too, with Houston to see how the dynamic changes, right? Cause part of the the way they've been successful in the American uh, has been hitting on transfers, Quentin Grimes being the most notable, and getting guys who maybe were a little bit under-recruited and had a, a chip on their shoulder come to play there. Um, you're not going to have, you can obviously still recruit those players, but you're going to have a little bit more of a shine to you in the Big 12, which should help them. At the same time, right now, you're competing directly with Kansas for recruits and competing directly with some of the the bigger Big 12 programs. And the challenge for Houston is maintaining where you are in that pecking order in, I know you guys are Big Ten guys, but in the best league in the country, in the the Big 12, and maintaining your spot up there. If they can do that, that's the answer. And I think the first year, this coming year, they'll be in there. I think they'll be more successful than any other first team team in their first year in the new league. But I was also going to answer Texas and the SEC. So moving forward, who knows what Kentucky looks like, whether it's with or without John Calipari, right? Because there, there are all those questions there. Um, Alabama has been the, the team to beat in the SEC the last couple of years, um, but they haven't had the postseason success to go with it that matches it. Who knows how long Muss is going to be at Arkansas? And also, you start bringing in Texas and teams that are, and Oklahoma teams that are in the western, well, the very west part of the SEC teams like Arkansas benefited from that and being the closer destination in that area, right? Now suddenly Texas comes in with more resources than you, same area, potentially offering more playing time. If you're not going to be part of a 10 person transfer class at Arkansas, I think they're set up if things are clicking the right way. And I think this year, it's another reason this year is very important for Ronnie Terry. If things are clicking the right way, they can go into the SEC and immediately be a top two or top three team, and maintain that much easier than Houston could maintain being a a top two or three team in the Big Twelve simply because of the landscape around them, along with just the freaking resources that Texas has.
0: Yeah, as you were going through the coaches in the SEC too, like I'm just gonna like Karma is gonna get Nate It's at some point. I just want to say that. Um, and speaking of Karma. <laughs> Roddy Terry, I'm rooting for him, as Card is, as we all are. Um, I I don't think he's nearly as bad as some of the Roddy Terry skeptics are acting like he is, case in point, how the season ended last year. Like, I think he did a fantastic job. With that said, if that flames out, like, if that doesn't work out and Texas is in the SEC, over under four and a half years until Chris Beard is back coaching at Texas. Oh. <sighs>
1: I would say I, over. I, I don't over. think Beard will be back at Texas. I yeah. think Beard will get another like elite, elite job. Honestly, might be Louisville. Um, Ooh, but I don't I know like if he'll go too. back to Texas. I like that too.
0: Yeah. I mean, messy, messy divorce between Chris Beard and Texas. But uh, luckily, Chris Beard is familiar with messy divorces there,
2: there's absolutely wow, geez. there's there is absolutely no chance they would they would well i don't want to say that because texas is a very prestigious program i feel like they would be like at the bottom seller before they put their pride aside and things aside to take him back there's zero chance
0: oh i was i, I was interpreting
1: a, oh go ahead brian i think there's a better chance of him ending back at texas tech than there is him ending back at texas
0: see i i feel like texas tech would hire him back today and then if yeah. he gets two good years at Texas Tech, Texas would take him back from Texas Tech. Like that's that's the cycle the, for me. Texas Tech needs
2: a cleanse. They need they need <laughs> past them there. They need they need just someone just to hold it together for a year. Just someone to be just be a good person for a year, and then we'll figure out the coaching thing.
0: Where is Riley Davis when we need a cleanse?
1: Okay, we, we need our <laughs> spiritual kider, man. Brian, what's the final topic today? Final topic. I told you I had a, had a bullshit topic. This is the bullshit topic. Um, So I have two children. Greg has, has a daughter. Um, I heard this question on uh, old man, the three JJ Reddick's podcast. They asked him what he would do if his kid went to UNC. Would you rather your child become an icon for your rival school where it's like, you know, Greg, let's say your daughter becomes the Caitlin Clark of Michigan state. Would you rather that happen or knowing that your favorite school will never win anything of significance ever again?
0: Oh man. That, so easy answer for me, but it's cause I'm a mutant. Like I, my brain doesn't work the way fan brains are supposed to. I I would much rather my daughter go to Michigan state. In fact, with this hypothetical, Even if all the like Caitlin Clark stuff was aside, if she wasn't even a basketball player, if I could choose where my daughter goes to school between Michigan, the school I root for, and Michigan State, the school I went to, I would want my daughter to go to Michigan State. (laughs) Like, that's the decision I made. I loved it there. I have nothing negative to say about my time at Michigan State. And I have a lot negative about, from what I've heard, the experiences like going to Michigan. So, But I'm a mutant. Like I said, my brain doesn't work the way it's supposed to. So this was a fantastic question. I just am in no place to give a good answer. I want Cart's answer, though.
2: Yeah, this is a fantastic question for me. On on the contrary. Uh, So the second option, like, so let's my daughter or my son doesn't go to Michigan and becomes an icon. What's like, what's the what's the other option?
1: The other option is Michigan State never wins anything of importance ever again.
2: Mm. You know, this would be a, I feel like this would be a lot easier if I actually had the fatherly connection and had a child like I would actually feel this a little bit more but I think I'd want them to go be an icon at at Michigan I think that I think that would be my answer pretty easily now with that said uh my level of support for that would be very minimal I'm not going to games I'm not going to, I don't want to go to Ann Arbor
0: that's absurd uh, man come on
2: that's, they, I mean they're an icon so I don't got to sign any checks or anything everything at school's free I'll move them in I'll i will exit i don't like ann arbor no one likes it no one actually likes ann arbor the city of ann arbor
0: stinks i (laughs) no comment on that but like i feel all you're all you're doing is adding a chip to your daughter or son's shoulder here like oh my dad never came to my games my dad was a horrible father
2: chip that's a chip that needed i have long had a theory that I ended up at Albion at Division three because my father was too supportive. Like I knew it every single game in high school, I looked up and he was there.
1: He yeah, was he, they, there. you need something he to all, drive like, I love them. You need something to drive them to become that icon. They need to earn their father's love. Right. I couldn't get. I
2: couldn't get a chip on my show. Like whether I missed a layup or not, like my dad was going to give me a hug after the game. That's. I don't. I don't want that.
0: Leaving your father's. For, for being a great loving dad as the reason why you didn't reach your full potential
1: is so wild. I mean, it's facts. Yeah. It's not- I will, I will say, so I, I am a South Carolina alum. Um, we don't win anything of significance anyway. Um, so I, I I would take that rather than seeing like my son suit up and play quarterback for Clemson and like lead them to two national championships. I would, that that's a no for me. But We're think not, about. do th- th- not want anything anyway.
0: Think about how much more fun your son's life would be, though. Like, because what's is the alternative? He just lives a normal life versus like a superstar quarterback.
1: Yeah, but you know, Clemson, you're like living in fields with farmers, and you know. <laughs> but
2: what but but you could actually win something though. Like, how fun was that Final Four run for when for South Carolina?
1: Well, see, that's the thing. It was a lot of fun, but then it didn't win anything significant. You could do that again. I would rather him be point guard for South Carolina and make the second round of the tournament than BTO, except lead, except TO leading Clemson to a national championship. I would much that's, rather. That's him crazy. That. That's
2: crazier. Wishing Nietzsche Johnson career path onto your son.
0: That's. Wild. I think. I think a big part of the actual decision of this hypothetical would be if you choose the side where your team doesn't win. Do you know? ahead of time that your team's not going to win. Because that would sap all the fun out of watching the sport, right? Like if if you don't have the hope that your team can win, you lose interest in the whole thing.
1: That's a great point. We'll say, no, you don't know that.
0: If you don't know that, I think it's easier to make that decision because then you still have the hope. You just don't know your heart's going to get ripped out and you died 80 years from now realizing, oh, well, we gave it our best shot. (laughs) Like That's
1: probably going to happen for most of us anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's his life. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Who do you
0: think uh, – well, the obvious answer between our three teams is Michigan State is going to win a title first. But, uh, Cart, between South Carolina or Michigan, who will win a basketball national championship first?
2: Mm-hmm. South Carolina. South Carolina, okay. just I, the, the situation at Michigan is dire in this age, it really is. Like, does does South Carolina like at least have like some NIL and things like that, and like support? The,
1: not for like not for Lamont, basketball. Does Lamont Paris have
2: a bunch of support.
1: We have an eighteen thousand person arena for the women's team. Men just play there.
2: <laughs> I I don't know,
1: Greg. Don't, wouldn't you say South Carolina? I don't know, man. I feel like both. I are... would say Michigan. I would say Michigan.
0: You would. Yeah, it's hard to see that in the Jawan Howard NIL era, but there's probably an era after that that could make it happen. I don't know, man. It's sad being so far away, which is why you should pick your daughter or son to go be a star. We're never going to win anything anyway. Let's take the fun route, right? Yeah, Be happy.
2: Be happy to your child.
0: But then, but now that's what you said. Then we're loving our child, Cart. We're not supposed to love our child if we want to drive our child to be great.
1: See, they can they can be a good player for your school and still have a professional career. They just won't be, you know, this icon winning championships and you know being the main story on SportsCenter. That makes sense. Also, Brian, who do we have in the
0: background? Who is this superstar that just emerged on the
1: bed behind Uh, you? Yeah, that's my dog, Coco. She's she's twelve pounds and thinks everything revolves around her.
2: Applause for. I, I, I'm kind of upset that it doesn't have like a South Carolina name. Like, couldn't you name it like I don't even. I, I, wow, couldn't you name it like Marshawn Lattimore? Like an old
0: Marcus South, Lattimore.
1: South
0: <laughs> oh boy. Um, uh, so
1: her name was supposed to be. This is kind of dumb. I'm kind of glad we didn't name her this, but her name was supposed to be Cola. Which is like the shortened version of Columbia that everybody in Columbia calls it. Um, my wife went to pick her up, and she left with, we're going to call her Cola. And then she comes through the door, and she's like, "Oh, here's Coco." <laughs> and from that day and, forward, <laughs> and it just you know couldn't couldn't stop because it had already happened.
0: Just stuck forever, incredible. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's end the show with our one big thing presented by Bigby. Bigby, our favorite coffee cart. What's your favorite order from Bigby?
2: Uh, ice teddy bear. It's like a, it's like a, I think they put caramel and then like honey butter or something in it. I don't know, but it's fire. Not necessarily good for you, but it's amazing. Highly recommend it.
0: Coincidentally, also what the Albion coaching staff called you for four years, ice teddy bear. Cart, what's your one big thing today?
2: Well, it's pretty fitting coming off that comment of, hey, this is my one big thing. You know, the phrase, uh, like, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Yeah, that that's that's the worst phrase of all time. I truly want to say that. I don't think that phrase should be used because obviously you need to work on your list of enemies. I wake up every single day and I hope my enemies go through hell and I would wish that upon them. That's why they're my worst enemy. So I think you need to retire the phrase. I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy because I would. And if you're a true hater like me, you would wake up and hope that your enemy has an awful Friday. I woke up this morning, brushed my teeth, assessed my enemies, wished them a bad day, wished they hit every red light, wished they get in a hit-and-run accident. I wish that happened. That's how I live my life. So
0: I want to retire the phrase, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy, because you should be. I love this energy, Cart. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. On that note, Cart, I think I'm going to use my one big thing to read some words from someone who I think is one of your enemies. Uh, These are texts that... Carter and I both received in a group chat from Rob Doster exactly 54 minutes ago. Carter, I've tried to be nice. I didn't want to say this, but I've been pushed too far. Your head is too small for your body. You look like the alien that got zapped by Will Smith in Men in Black. And six foot eight, 275 pound dudes shouldn't be walking around with size 11 feet. It's concerning. You should get that checked out. That's all for my one big thing. I mean, my head
2: is definitely way too small for my body. That's fact. Also, my ears are too small, like, just for, like, my head, just letting that be known. Uh, I'm 6'7", first of all. I'm 265, and I wear a size 14 shoe. I know that's not a massive shoe, but it's a size 14 shoe. And to Rob Doster, you should really watch your tone just because, you know, I mean, you drink one cup of Athletic Greens and you think you're just some big bad guy and do one Peloton ride, like, Let's relax. You're still shaped like Ivy Wambach. All right. Let's not, let's not do that.
1: Brian, what's your one big thing today? I think conference alignment is good and it's a good thing for college basketball. Wow. As, as long as the NCAA tournament remains the same, it's a good thing. The biggest complaint people have is that mid majors don't get enough attention and, and love or at large bids. If you're consolidating all these top conferences one, we're gonna get better in-conference matchups during the regular season, more entertaining ones. Two, that means there's gonna be a larger pool of disappointing power conference teams, just by and large, right? Big Ten, let's say, you know, they may go from eight bids to ten bids or eight bids to nine bids or whoever. I think the net from that though is you're gonna have more mid-major teams getting in because the more the the power conference teams are gonna have more meh resumes. So I think by, by product of this, we're going to have better regular seasons for college basketball, at least in terms of conference games in, in January, February. And I, I theorize the end result might be might be a couple, but would be more at-large bids for some of the better mid-major programs that end up losing one game in the conference tournament. I like that angle.
0: I never really thought about it like that. You've been anti-realignment it's, for weeks, Cary.
1: Yeah, it's. No? Su- I mean, it sucks because the the regionality of everything is brutal, and football runs everything. But I think the byproduct is that it it could make things a little bit more fun. Yeah,
2: I I just think it's fun. I don't like to laugh at the little guys, but I'm about to do that right now. It's like it's the rivalries that are like breaking Like, oh, I'm not gonna have this rivalry anymore. Like, no one cared about this rivalry, honestly. Like, you cared about it, and the and the right. 200 people around you cared about it, but no one else actually cares about it. So, like. You'll, you'll get over it. It'll be okay. Change is good
1: sometimes. Do you really also, not- have have some state government step in and require teams play in the non conference? Like nice. you have non conference games for a reason, still play those freaking games. Yeah,
0: that would be nice. I think I'd be in if that, if we get to that step, I'm all my reservations go away at that point because I agree with a lot of what you said. Also, Cart, don't you love to shit on the little guys? You just yeah, said you don't because, love the shit on the little guys. I feel like you well, love to I, Well, Because well,
2: little people, people are mean.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, I, somehow, after Cart and I's two things, I feel like Brian still said the most controversial one big thing today, which makes me feel good. <laughs> that's, that's a nice note. I, to
1: I had on. to leave a mark coming on the show. I had to leave a mark, leave an impression.
0: Yeah, you definitely did that, my friend. You definitely did that. This was a really fun show today. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, Thank you to Brian for being on the show. Brian, where can people find your work, my friend?
1: Uh, You can find my work mostly on Twitter at BRALF33, B-R-A-U-F-33. Also on heatcheckcbb.com. That'll be a lot of things be coming up on there in the next month or so. uh, But more immediately, pre-order the almanac. And buy the almanac because that's where all of it's going right now. If you don't know what the almanac is, uh, one, you're probably not a huge college basketball fan or have been living under a rock because it's gonna has been and will continue to be annoyingly all over your Twitter for the next month. Um, it is the the biggest, most comprehensive, most in-depth college basketball preview magazine preview formula thing ever out there it's 600,000 words in total 1300 words on every single team we've talked to every single head coach in the country we give the teams in the Southland just as much love as teams in the SEC maybe SEC a little bit more but you're, you're not going to find that kind of analysis everywhere it's taken uh, a lot of time and a lot of hard work but it's all very good and I think if you're a college basketball fan it's something you need to have
0: echo that completely uh, and very fun to have you on the show uh, again, Briley Friday today as Brian filled in for Riley Davis. Uh, if you haven't noticed a little bit of a synergy here between heat check and sleepers media cart, eye emojis on that one. I don't know. Just, just subscribe to the discord and find out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll share some news in the discord. Maybe, uh, Brian, thanks so much for being here. Everybody have a great Friday and sleepers fans. We'll see you next week.